0: Hey guys, welcome back! Another week, another episode of the Slinging Stones podcast. Uh, my name is Andy Branham. Uh, for we're on episode seven right now, and we're going through the Book of Romans. Uh, we're glad you're joining us again. We're excited about what we've got to bring you tonight. But before we start, let's bring in the other half of this thing luke troll luke how you doing this week
1: man i'm uh man i I can't complain i've had i've had a good week we had some good church on sunday i had some good connect groups last night and man I, i got to rescue a snapping turtle today i mean on the way here rescued a snapping turtle you lose some of them fingers no he was angry though he was very discontent and i was just trying to keep him from becoming road pizza but you know it's it's all part of what you do, man. You you can't let God's creatures just get randomly smushed. And I've still got most of my fingers and toes. And uh, yeah, it was exciting times. My kids were like, uh, "What is that thing gonna do to you?" Well, if it could, it would bite me.
0: Well, that's exciting. So that was a highlight of my day <laughs> until we got here. Well, this is a highlight, ain't it?
1: Oh man, it's definitely not a low light. I look forward to this every week. Uh, just the back and forth that we have, and the way that the Holy Spirit communes here. Um, I don't know about you guys listening, but I have a good time doing this.
0: It's it's a lot of fun, you know. What what y'all don't get to what get to hear um, with listening to the podcast, you don't get to hear the banter and and what we do beforehand and kind of the preparations um,
1: all week long.
0: Well, I think there's a lot of you know good conversation that happens right before we hit the record button. So. I think it's really fun. I think it gives us an opportunity to kind of expand, kind of talk about, you know, logistically where we sit. Luke and I on, um, you know, what kind of you know path God's got for us. Um, as most of you kind of know, we 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 are both called to um, the evangelistic field. You know, in in kind of God, you know, has driven us both to that to speaking to you know audiences about. The gospel. Uh spreading the gospel to as many people as we can. Um I'm I'm more directed towards the men, but you know, it it's you know, like Luke said a minute ago, it doesn't matter. An audience is an audience and presenting the gospel is presenting the gospel. Presenting the gospel is presenting the
1: gospel. One of my mentors, Nathan Thomas, told me that his first sermon he preached, he was preaching at five years old to a field full of cows. Uh he said that he's not sure if any of the cows accepted Christ. But he said that he brought the heat at five I years bet, I bet it was a fiery
0: one. I, mean, I bet it was yeah. on fire. So we
1: don't call him Nutty Nate for nothing.
0: <laughs> uh, can you imagine passing by, like driving by the road and seeing a kid out there, like five year old preaching to cows? Well, his, well, see, he, the thing about his family is, is he
1: comes from a lineage of pastors. His dad uh, was a pastor. You know, with cousins, pastors. He's got uh, one of his sons is a minister. And he said that he knew his whole life that that's what he wanted to do, but he had to practice somewhere. So he practiced the cows and I asked him, I said, well, were they paying attention? He said, well, at least one was because she
0: said, moo." Well, you know, you know, there's that old saying or there's a saying that goes around, you know, churches with, with outside the church, ministry groups and connect groups and Sunday school. If you bring food, they will come and they will listen. So he, he, Probably was standing in the middle of the food pasture, you know, cud and, you know, wheat and all that. So, you know, you got attention right there. Well, I mean, you know,
1: I, I guess I, I slipped today and I didn't present the gospel to the snapping turtle. You probably um, should have. He, I mean, he was a healthy one. He was about 15 pounds and he was real angry. I yeah. mean, he did not understand that I was trying to save his life. All Even while I was carrying him across the road, he was side-eyeing me.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, my kids are hollering, is he going to bite you? Only if he gets the opportunity.
0: So, yeah. So I just yawned. So that way to go. That, that may be the night. Of, that may be the uh, the you way just, this goes. You just you just set the pulse of I did, this. Project. I did. I did. So uh, I do want to give a shout out. So last Sunday night we got the blessing of going over to um, you know at our at South Shelby we have a men's ministry called Moss Men of South Shelby, and uh, it's very near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, and we're good buddies. We're we. You know, Luke and I are there almost every Sunday uh, when they meet on Sunday nights. And um, so this past Sunday, we got to go over to uh, one of the guys that's, that's been kind of instrumental in promoting Word of Mouth, the podcast. And uh, that's David Alexander. So I'm going I'm to I'm shout out David because it was an awesome time. We had a great conversation. Didn't know where he's going with the UFOs. And, you know, when he started out with UFOs and Christianity, I was like, oh, well, oh, here we go. Um, I thought we was going to get like that three o'clock in the morning, um, you know those weird radio, yeah. you know. So, but um, it was a really good time. I man, I can't remember how many men do you think? Were, I think we had at least ten.
1: There, I think there. Let's see, there was a hold on. I'll do a count right quick. One.
0: This proves y'all that Luke can count.
1: Thirteen.
0: Thirteen. So,
1: and that's including uh, Kevin's two boys. That's right.
0: We had two younger kids there, but but. The importance of this is, the reason I bring it up is for the fact of um, it doesn't take a lot of men to get together and glorify God and, and place what, you know, and put into motion a training, so to say, and an accountability group that allows you to learn and be more what God wants you to be as a man. And these groups, those groups right there allow for open discussion, allow for a little bit of vulnerability and transparency. And it, it, it's, it's a great thing to watch because you see shells break down. You see not only, you know, while we're sitting around talking about the gospel and talking about scripture and talking about God and what he's doing in our life and we have a testimony or two, whatever that is, but you see a lot of the action I'm going to call it action. You see a lot of the action, and you start. You see a lot of gears clicking in place when you're sitting at the dinner table eating a burger across from a guy you may not have a conversation with, and that conversation starts. You start that bond, and that is key. That is absolutely key in not only developing a men's ministry but developing any type of ministry in church because that's your body of Christ coming together and creating that relationship.
1: Well, you know it, men's, women's, couples, you know, uh, widow, any kind of ministry that you can think of in the church, you've got to come together. Yeah, you know, the Hebrews says you do not forsake the assembly of the saints. Um, and you know, am I saying that we're saints here on earth? No, we're not. But in the Lord's eyes, yes, we are. And for us to be able to come together like that, and create the accountability that we create with each other is also key because we know that if we see or hear of one of us slipping, there's 13 other guys there that you're going to get, somebody's going to give you a phone call or somebody's going to come say, Hey, look, uh, you got this going on. What's up? Let's talk about this. And, you know, talk about the size of the group. It doesn't matter if you have 13 or 1300 because 12 men set this world on fire. 12 men after Christ ascended, made the church that we sit in today. If it weren't for those 12 men and their dedication to take the gospel out into the world, we would still be standing behind the Pharisees and the Sadducees reciting the Torah. And all I can say is thank God for those guys and their heart and their dedication. So if you think for one second that the size of your ministry plays a role in being too small to make a difference, you're absolutely wrong.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely wrong. So, um, so tonight we're going to dive in, you know, we stopped mid sentence in a verse last week, you know, we stopped like two words, um, I'm sorry, four words into verse 10. So, um, when, you know, we're talking on verse 10, we're, we're going to go back and kind of relay and re, recap on verse 9 as well. But before we do, um, we're going to pray over the podcast, and then we'll get started. Um, I know we're about 10 minutes deep, but uh, definitely wanted to get some of those um, you know, shout-outs and that discussion point out. That, to me, means a lot on that last Sunday night. So.
1: Well, I got one more point on last Sunday night that I meant to bring out, that, you know, the gospel is very serious. Everything in this book is very serious. But you don't have to be a broomstick Christian. And what I mean by that is walking around like you've got a broomstick taped to your spine and you can't you can't relax and you can't yep. laugh and you can't have fun and you can't tell jokes and you can't rib each other and kid each other because even though the banter is not in the Bible, you will never convince me that Jesus and the disciples didn't joke with each other. Mm. They didn't play pranks on each other. Somebody woke up with a smelly fish in their sandal. You know, <laughs> God gave us these senses of humor for a reason, and it yeah. is to break down barriers. Yeah, what better way to break the ice with somebody than to make them laugh? Uh,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Well, guys, let's let's pray real quick, and then we'll get started um, in uh, our lesson tonight. Uh, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the blessings, the opportunities. Um, God, it was beautiful here in the state of Alabama. We in are enjoying some just great weather, blue skies, beautiful breeze, it, it's a little bit hot, but it's it's just amazing to be a part of. Uh, God, we thank you for the people, the circumstances, the situations that you put in front of us to glorify your kingdom, that challenge us to become um, kingdom-minded men and kingdom-minded women out in the world. Um, God, we pray for tonight. We pray that you take Luke and I and hide us behind the cross and hide us behind your word and present your word um, to one person that's listening that may be struggling or maybe, um, having, um, issues with their faith that we just pray that, you know, it, it strikes them and it means something. We just pray that they get to know you better and they come back, come back to knowing you with a ferocity that, that they hadn't known just yet, that they come with just a commitment that they have yet to show you, and God, we just pray for that one person to come back to you, and we pray for those that are listening, that have a relationship with you, that they would dive deeper into you, whether it's prayer, your word, or whatever it may be, in their purpose, their calling, and and um, that they would minister to those when they see the, see the opportunity. God, we thank you for today, we thank you for tonight, we thank you for the platform that we get to present your word on, and it's in your name we pray, Amen. Amen. All right, so verse 10, so we'll go back to, you know, start of verse 9. So it said, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow, by God's will, that I may now at last succeed in coming to you. We'll go to verse 11. For I long to see you, and that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. Verse 12. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. We're going to stop right there because um, Paul is taking an opportunity to let them know in this letter that he, he he is he has been he has been pointed in a direction by God, and he's telling these Romans, this Roman church, hey. I will I, I, I long to succeed and it is, it is, you know, God that's going to help that succession, that succeeding, um, you know, Paul, um, you know, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't leave the ministry and sharing the gospel to others. He, he, he took it upon himself in every possible way. Um, he became personally involved and, and look, he's, he's this and, and the greatest example is look at Romans. And this letter is him becoming personally involved without knowing a single one of them. He knows they're believers, but he doesn't know Dale, John, Bubba. He doesn't know any of them. He begged God to give him an opportunity to go. He gave it to give him opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And this is coming from the man that you knew he had passion. You knew he had, uh, you know, a ferocity, as I said in the prayer, a fierceness, a zeal. Because look at how he lived his life before God. Look at how he persecuted the church. He was great at it. He was really good at it. He was probably given plaques and awards at the annual, you know, Pharisee parties. That's a joke. So uh, I, I was waiting for Luke to grab a hold of that one. But um, you know, Woo-hoo. Paul wanted to. Paul wanted to seek people, and he wanted to find people. You know. I say it over and over again. You know, you walk into Milo's or you walk into McDonald's, do you seek people or do you seek a McDouble? What's priority?
1: Depends on how hungry
0: I am. It depends on how hungry you are. Go ahead.
1: Well, what I find remarkable about this is Paul knew that he had a gift for him, but he didn't know what that gift was. But he, he states very clearly that it's a spiritual gift. Um, and it was to establish the church there. His 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 gift that he had, he knew was serious enough that he had to get there no matter what. He knew that he had to go to Rome no matter what means that he got there. And look at what all he went through just to get to Rome. He wasn't even in Rome yet when he wrote this letter. Yeah. You know, he was telling people that he'd never met before how much he wanted to see him, how much he longed to see him. And, you know, talking about Paul's ferociousness he entangled himself in the spreading of the good news. Mm. He Not only did he immerse himself in the lifestyle, but it was everything that he did. He made spreading Christ's word. That was his job. That was his business. I would say that that Paul in his want to spread the gospel is probably greater than anybody I personally know. Mm-hmm. Um because yet again, Paul knew what he was. As you had said, he, you, he knew what he was, but he also knew what God called him out of. Mm-hmm. And this, this whole first little section that we've been through here, this is, I think, the third time that call, Paul has mentioned being called. Um, when anyone accepts a pathway into a ministry, if you aren't certain that that's what God has called you to do, you had best tread lightly. Oh yeah. God will make a way. If it is what you're supposed to do, God's gonna enable it. But if it is not what you're supposed to do, if you have gone rogue, even if it's kingdom work, even if you think it's kingdom work, it's most likely gonna fail and fail catastrophically.
0: Man, I can I can remember I can remember uh it was I had felt the call to I'd felt the call to um evangelistic ministry um, not pastoring a church um, I didn't I didn't feel like God was leading me in that direction but it, it was hilarious just how events transpired because I was running I ran from it I, I was like man oh, man so did I you know God I I can't do this look you know everybody says the same thing you know look at what I look at what it was I was you know a drunk or a drug abuser or whatever it was but I remember it I was, and, and I, I say this, it was funny, but it really wasn't because we were at a funeral. And I was standing on the stage, just standing next to a pastor friend of mine. And a little girl walks up and she goes, you a pastor? I said, no. And I was like, ah, what, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? You know, so, and then after, you know, I was a pallbearer at this funeral, a pallbearer at this funeral. So we loaded the casket into the, um, into the hearst and, you know, it was a long, process- it wasn't going to be a procession, but it was, we, we had like I think two hours to to meet at the gravesite. We had, it was about a two hour drive and we had about three hours before we met at the gravesite. And I walked back in to kind of gather my family together so we could go, you know, start making the trek down. And, uh, I remember the, one of the, the old pastors that I, that I knew he's. I heard him make a statement, go, yeah, we're going to put him on stage soon. I'm like, "What? Who, who are you talking about? He's like, you. I was like, why? He's like, oh, no, I, I got a feeling. You need to be on stage soon. I'm like, oh, God, we're at a funeral, God. But it kept driving. God was like, hey, look, I'm telling you, dude. And and I fought it for several more months. And then just a comment by my wife in the kitchen one night, you know, just saying, you know, she was talking to a friend about, you know, how my, my feel on my calling. And she's like, I thought it'd be pretty cool, you know, you answering that call. And I was like, all right, well, God, if my wife thinks it's cool, I guess I could <laughs> do it. So, um, you know, and, and it was, it was a long run. It was probably about a four month run from God and what he was calling. But, you know, you talk about he's going to be persistent. It's at a funeral, you know, that's, you know, the, it, it was, it was not expectant at that time. Um, but to me, looking back, it was really, really cool. I, I hated that I ran and did all that, but it was really cool to just be kind of chased like that or kind of kind of pursued or pushed like that.
1: As I've said before,
0: I knew when I was 13 years old
1: that God had placed a calling on all my life to preach the gospel. I preached the first time when I was 14 in a small church in West Blockton, Alabama. Um, I preached on the Beatitudes. And I went home and uh, was really chastised about it. And told that I was not good enough, and that's not what God had planned on for me. And I was too young to know what God had intended for my life. And I quit cold turkey right then, right there, um, because you know I was a kid. You know I was I was looking for some 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 positive reinforcement like you had from your wife telling you that that would be pretty cool. I got just the opposite. So I ran for the next 30 years. Hmm. And I don't know if you have ever had a calling on your life that was so oppressive that it took over everything. That's what I feel like Paul had with his calling to go to Rome. He made mention of it so many times. You know, I got to go to Rome. I got to get to Rome. I got to get to Rome. And I kind of feel like that's what God did to me. You know, you got to get your life right. You've got work to do. And it finally got to where I couldn't sleep. I couldn't think. Opportunities were being presented to me just out of nowhere to evangelize people. Yeah. And I wouldn't take advantage of it. Yeah. Until I was sitting in church one day a couple of years ago and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. The pastor said, Eventually, God will give up on you and leave you to your own demise. And then you've got trouble. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I don't want to be that guy that stands before the bema seat of Christ and him ask me, why didn't you answer the phone when I called you over and over and over? You know, I'm sitting there thinking just like you were. I can't be that guy. I know what I've done. Nobody knows better what I've done than I do
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because I did it. But I am that guy. Paul had to have been thinking the same thing. When he had his encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, Paul, Paul, why, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Mm -hmm. And the first thing that I recognized out of that was Paul recognized the voice. Even though he had been persecuting out of Christ's own mouth, he recognized the voice. He, He said, you know, is that you, Lord? He knew who it was, just like I knew who it was the first time I felt the calling and the day that I surrendered to the calling. Mm -hmm. And I finally said, yeah, I got to go do this. This is the calling that you've put on me. I've got to do this. I'm not going to worry about how I can do it. I'm going to worry. I'm not even going to worry about how you're going to do it. I just know that you're going to do it. And then I got a little bit of peace in my life. You know, the, the, the puzzle pieces started falling together, just like they did for Paul on his way to Rome. You know, he... I don't think they had a lot of money back. You know, I don't think he had a lot of money in his ministry. He depended on the churches and the local people to support him. So how did he end up getting there? On a prison ship. Yeah. Of all things, a prison ship. But here we go again, my two favorite words. But God enabled that trip because it was his calling.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and. You know, you look. You look at Paul wanting to seek people and knowing what his calling was, knowing what he he was he was supposed to do. But Paul also knew, you know, that he couldn't just he, he he couldn't just go and present and be done. He couldn't just go present the gospel, present you know Jesus Christ to them and be done. He he knew he had to work and you know build up. Right, so. Paul comforted and he encouraged, and this is what, this is what I think we lack right now, not only in our ministries, but in our churches and our communities and with each other. Our personal Um, lives. Absolutely. So, you know, Paul wanted to comfort and encourage other believers together. Uh, You know, I love the, I love Barnabas. I love the the son of encouragement. I, I, you know, to be that person to, you know, somebody may get up on stage for the first time and it may, it may tank. I mean, to, to an old head or somebody like that, they might be like, man, that, that guy stinks. But that guy is trying. That's his first time standing up in front of five or 500, whatever it may be. And, you know, if he put the effort in that he, he, he's supposed to and he prayed over it and this was God's word and direction for this sermon, you know what? Encourage them. Hey, buddy, you're going to get better. It's going to get easier as you get better. Nobody starts out getting in front of a crowd and speaking like they've been speaking for 20 years. Um, you know, but the unity, the strength in the body of believers is, is key. Um, the more supportive and encouraging we are in Christ, the tighter we become and the more kingdom advancement happens. Um, for those You know, on the outside looking in, they're going to see this thing. They're going to see this thing and they're going to, you know, go, man, I want to be a part of that group. Look how they support each other. Look how they encourage each other. Look how they, you know, lift each other up when one person's down. They don't stop loving each other. And that's the key word right there love. And not only do we do it to the body of believers, we need to walk through the world and be encouraging and loving. And it's very, 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 very difficult to do, especially right now. You walk into I, – I, it was funny. I was sitting at a—I was sitting at a, a, a burger place in Irondale today, and it was funny because I was sitting there, and I was eating my massive smorgasbord of food because you know how I do it, Luke. I, I, Dude, you didn't go to Hamburger Heaven, did I you? I threw down, baby. I threw <laughs> down. I would like double cheeseburger, chili cheese dog fries Can't yeah yeah i thought i almost left with a milkshake but um so i'm sitting there and i'm just you know i'm i'm in my own world i'm sitting by myself i'm kind of listening to the conversations not you know eavesdropping but just listening just enjoying the day and man i, I looked outside and a guy in the parking lot uh, an elderly couple had pulled in and they they kicked it in reverse and i guess they're going to pull another parking spot and man this guy he hammered down it and then stared at them like they're the biggest idiots in the world. And, you know, we all do that. We all have those times, whether it's in the Walmart parking lot or a hamburger heaven parking lot or the target parking lot, wherever it may be
1: Or on the interstate
0: or on the interstate. I mean, Luke, stop, man. <laughs> I got places to be. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, I mean, Hey, if my boss is listening, Luke, shut up You gonna get me in trouble. Uh, no, but it it just, we lack and we think that, hey, I, it's not time for love. I, I'm on the clock. Yeah, it's time for love. We should always love our neighbor. Love our neighbor. Love your and, neighbor as yourself. And it's, it's it to me, it's, you're looking at how we walk down the street and how we walk into aisle seven at the store and how we, you know, walk into, you know, the fast food restaurant, you know, how we walk into the house at night. There's... Now we're going to start driving home a little more personal, how we wake up in the morning. We may wake up, roll over, and yawn. Do we walk out of the bedroom with a smile, grateful that we woke up with another breath, that we can see our kids? We can see our wife, our husband. We can see our grandkids. We can see our dogs, whatever. Are we happy with what we have? Are we happy with what we have? Key point in this question. We should be ecstatically happy. Is that economic? Is that a word? Did I just do President Bush? I mean, go ahead. I just strategery. Strategery, I Thousand missed, points of light. I missed this. Pronunciated word. That was ironical. Um, we should be unbelievably happy with what we have in the saving grace and salvation that Christ gave us on the cross. We should be absolutely because if we if He didn't do that, it would be we would. It, it would be bad. Well, here's the problem.
1: Most people want to be Nathan. They just want to be Nathan. Not because God's told them to be Nathan and go talk to somebody about something that they know is going on. But they just want to be an accuser. Ooh. You know, Nathan Nathan was, Nathan was sent by God to tell David what he'd done to uncover his sin. Okay, before you go barking and accusing people, you and I'm talking to me here, you need to you need to pump the brakes and need to check up and say, am I sure this is what God wants me to do? Am I to be Nathan in this or am I to be Barnabas in this? Mm. You can call you can you can confront somebody about sin without being discouraging. And I think a lot of it depends on the situation. I think a lot of it depends on the person that you're dealing with and the nature of the issue that you're dealing with. Some issues, yeah, you've got to go up to somebody and you've got to whack them in the head with a hammer and say, look, stop being stupid. Mm-hmm. What was it you said last week? We're all just one decision away from being stupid. Oh yeah, one, one step away. What just I mean that a, one. That
0: was a great comment. That I know that, that stuck with me. Yeah, that didn't come from that came from a, a radio show. Well, it still stuck with me all week long. So sometimes you
1: gotta do that. But other times when you see your brother slipping and falling, you can come along beside him and say, Hey look, look, I see you got this going on. I'm just here to encourage you and tell you that it doesn't have to be that way.
0: You know what? You know, there's a we all get in a mindset. uh whether, whether if it's you know, if you get in the car and you're going to little league practice, and you're coaching little league baseball or whatever, basketball, or whatever. As soon as you hit that car and you're focused, your 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 headlights are pointing that direction. Laser beam, laser beam. You're focused on one thing: defense, batting, lineup, all these little things. For what? What do you focus? Why are you focused on all those things? Winning. For the W. you focus for the W. You don't go in there to lose. I don't know what man goes in there to lose? Oh, let's go have fun. That's not – no, it's a win-win situation. It's a win or win or nothing. When you go to work, if you work, you know, like me, I work on a job site. If, if I'm at the job site, it's focus. It's focus. It's on what we have to strive for. It's what we have to – you know we're advancing the project forward. Push, 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 and then you can be an accountant. Your focus is to serve your clients with financial numbers and all this. I'm just I'm going go in with excuses because I've got a point here. I do have a point. I'm not just rambling. I know you're looking at me, Luke. Like I, what if we went through each day? with the mindset of the job that we're supposed to have, and that's a kingdom-growing vision, a kingdom-minded vision, a vision that is given to us by the, big, the, the boss of all bosses, not to meet a quota, but to at least go out and show the company we work for and put a relatively, you know, stable or or stable, relatively um, decent effort into that agenda. And what I'm talking about is when you go through the world and your agenda, if your mindset at work is work, 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 and you're the best worker ever, if your mindset going throughout the day, you can do two things at once. If you can't, I'm sorry, we got to figure that out because that's life. You're going to have to do two things at once at some point. If you go into your day and you are kingdom driven, God, guide me today. Let me be yours today. I'm all yours. I promise you, you'll get your work done, but I promise you, you'll be able to share the gospel with love.
1: Well, how about this one? How about if we took it back to what the scripture tells us to do and seek ye first the kingdom of God? What if we did that? Mm -hmm. What if we, what if we. Held ourselves as accountable to God as we did the man who signed our paycheck, because I mean, let's be real. Which one's more important, the guy who signs your paycheck or the guy who holds your eternity in his hands? Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll take it even a step further. If you wake up with the mindset every day of today, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God, you'll get to read the rest of the of that. Uh, of that bible verse and all these things will be added unto you. If you seek first the kingdom of God, you're going to be joyous, you're going to be glad, you're going to be forgiving, you're going to be meek, you're going to be humble, you're going to be mild, you're going to have all these fruits of the spirit, but you're still going to be
0: bold. Oh, you're 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 right on we are we are side by side. We are in a dead heat race right now. And
1: you know, that's great because people, I bet you there are people that think that we rehearse this stuff and it's coming straight no, from the hip Because, hit because style. I,
0: if you didn't hear me, I just flipped my Bible because I went. Because here's the deal: because when you are kingdom minded and you're on, you know, God take me today, you're gonna you're gonna bear fruit of the Spirit. You're gonna bear fruit of the Spirit, but you're also going to wish and 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 you're gonna you're gonna tr- you're gonna you're gonna be contagious of the fruits that you're mm-hmm. shedding. When you go out into the world with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, you will have people follow suit because they're going to be like, my goodness.
1: Yeah, I want what he has. I want what he's got. Well, that's that low-hanging fruit that we're supposed to have. For the people that aren't as groomed and circumcised in Christ as we are, you got to have low-hanging fruit for them to glean from. hmm
0: you know, and 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 not every day's easy. That's that's the point of you know, Galatians six nine, um, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap. If we do not give up, we must persevere. Every day's not going to be great. Every day, I, I, there ain't no day going to be great. You are going to find some type of trial, tribulation, something. It depends on what you want to. It depends on what you want to, um, what you want to take seriously, how you want to, how you want to, you know, how you want to respond to different things. If you want to take a little bitty, you know, if you want to take a forty-five and pull it out to kill a fire ant, I've used that one a lot. You know, it depends on how seriously you want to take a situation. But if you say, you know what, God's got it; it's all going to work out, and you approach it with all those fruit, all that fruit. It, it it's going. People's going to see that, and gonna, It's just going to. It's going to spread like wildfire. Well, if you've Ephesians
1: it up, and you've you, and you've donned the full armor of God, mm-hmm. it tells you that that is to extinguish those flaming arrows that the enemy is going yeah. to shoot at you. Um, it, 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 if you if you do all those things, God's going to take care of it. And if you're having trouble. If you're a Christian, if you're truly born again and you're seeking seeking Christ, I'm speaking specifically to those people right now when you have a horrible day and you're finding trouble, you're having trouble finding something to love about the day. I got one for you. Be in love with what God's done for you. Be in love with what he called you out of that you're not that anymore. Be in love with a calling that he's put on your life. If he's put a calling on your life to dig ditches, dig the best ditch that you can in honor and glory of God every day. If God has called you to be a preacher, preach every message that you can with gladness and joy in your heart. There's always something to love that God's done for you. And when it comes to having a bad day... Uh, Again, one of my mentors, I talk about him all the time, Pastor Larry Summerall has gone on to be with Jesus. Um, I made the mistake one day. I I used to be the head of our building maintenance at a church that I used to go to. And, man, I I had my own handyman business, and I came in there one day. I had a punch list of stuff to get done before I don't remember whether it was Easter or or homecoming. But I had a punch list to get done. And I had already worked about 12 hours at my nine to five. And, you know, I walked in the door and Pastor Larry said, he said, son, what's going on with you? He could just tell by my face. I said, pastor, it's just been a bad day. And he said, boy, God ain't never made nothing bad. He said, it's your perspective of it. Mm. It's how you look at it. Yeah. And there's a lot to that. I, I had to really 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 sit back and that that was a gut check moment for me of how many days have I crept around and I walked outside of my calling and that's what made my day bad How many times have I sat around and taken for granted the fifteen blessings that I witnessed God pour out oh, on yeah, me yeah. because of the one oh crap
0: moment you're exactly right and and you know we we have to get out of this the sourness that with that somehow we think is the way we can you know I, I i'm a real bad i'm real bad at somebody going how you doing i'm like i'm making it you know you know what is uh what is what does brad say at our church
1: blessed and highly favored blessed and highly
0: favored he's gonna get mad when he do that he's gonna get mad when he re, when he hears this i ain't scared brad he's a little bitty thing he's a little bitty old guy um but, you know, if, if we answer positively and we with with a positive attitude, if we answer with, you know, this confidence that, you know, we're happy, we're positive, all this, it, it, it'll rub off. It'll end up instilling in us, and we'll go from there. But so as we're closing out tonight, um, you know, the one thing that we've started – you know, and Luke pointed it out. You know, and in, in, I, 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 look, I'm gonna use a professional term: the pre-show routine. As we're sitting here, kind of just chit-chatting. The warm-up hour. The warm-up hour. Um, you know, it, it's been intentional. Um, Luke's been very intentional on presenting, you know, the gospel, um, the the salvation aspect of it, and and it's very important. And and I'm I'm a hundred percent for it because every chance you get, you should. Um, well, so we're going to bring up, we're going to go, I'm going to go a little bit personal with this. Uh, so this, this past week, and I'm not going to mention his name names. Um, there was a guy that I knew <clears throat> and he passed away. Uh, don't know if it's from, you know, substance. Don't know if it's just a health issue or whatever. We do not know if he was saved or not. We do not know. Um, he left behind a family. He left behind, you know, a lot of people probably with questions, but I was speaking to our old pastor, um, our retired pastor, and you know, I said, man, I said, Those, these are the types of funerals you go to, and it is a truly grieving process. There's, you can't even celebrate at all, and the point I'm getting at is if you're listening to this and you're not saved, you have not asked Jesus Christ into your heart you're not guaranteed to wake up tomorrow. And if you wake up eternally separated from God, I tell you what, you're, I promise you this right now. If you live with anxiety and regret in your life right now, imagine living with anxiety and regret for eternity. Because I have a feeling that that's part of your pain, that you live and you, you, you experience in, in hell. Because when you have that stomach-turning, tying-in-knots feeling, I have a feeling that's 10 times, 100 times, 1,000 times worse when you're sitting in hell and you're going, oh, I had an opportunity.
1: Well, what did the Bible say about, you know, the man that was in uh, in Hades? You know, just send somebody to dip their finger and touch it to the tip of my yeah, tongue. Yeah, that's right, Quint. Just, just, to, just to touch it to the tip of my
0: tongue. If you're that thirsty, that's torment. You know, and, and we— we look and and we think that oh yeah you know what i've got it i can uh i can do it tomorrow i can do it tomorrow but it's it's not it's it's not what we it's not what we need to do do not waste time because if if you waste time you're missing on an opportunity for god in your life to make a change in you to make a change in your family those around you and It limits, not, no, it eliminates your impact you can have for the kingdom. And I tell you what, every moment that you let that pass, it it goes closer and closer till you don't have a chance to do it no more.
1: That's right. These grains of sand that are falling in our individual hourglass aren't unlimited. We don't, we don't. And, and it's just like you said, if, if you die and you're separated from Christ, there's no do over. Yeah. There's no second chance. There, there's, there's no coming back from that. And it's not a scare tactic. It's real. Uh, that's where the seriousness of the gospel comes in. You, people talk about, you know, this is deadly serious. This truly is deadly serious.
0: Well, in Romans, in 10, Romans 10, 9, it's, it, it gives you the layout of what you need to do. It says, if, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's easy. It's that you, simple. You believe that he came to this earth, born of a virgin, lived 33 glorious years with ministry involved, died on died a horrible death for us on the cross, buried in a tomb that nobody thought he could escape, and then rose when nobody thought he could rise. That's it. That's it. And there's eyewitness accounts of it, and there's a bunch of them. Um, so if, if you're if you're if you're thinking of that if you're thinking of that decision, or you know, you know, if you're saved, you know, I hope that you're continuing in the path of what God's got for you with praying and in His Word and and being more and more every day connected to Him and growing in Him. Um, you know, that's awesome. I pray for you. I, I, I'm, that's a that's a that's a win right there but if you're not saved and and you're getting you know these emotions these pulling of your of your you know heartstrings that you know maybe this is time maybe god is speaking to me that you know he he you know he needs me or i need him uh the the last one i need him um you know just pray i mean if there's not a special prayer there's not a secret password you know just pray god i, I pray that you Will come into my life. You will be my Lord and Savior. I pray that you can, you know, help me change my ways. Let me die to my old self and be born again, new to you, cleansed clean, washed white as snow. And let me get up tomorrow and show me your word and let me grow in your word with you until the time I meet till the time we get to go to heaven.
1: And if you're saved, if you're already there, share this message with somebody. Be intentional and share it with one person. If, if you know, I, I don't I don't leave the house very much because, you know, I'm retired I'm and disabled. And most of the people that I encounter are in church. I still share the gospel with them. When, when my family and I go out somewhere, I try to look for somebody to share the gospel with. So if you're out in your day-to-day life, share the gospel with somebody. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as, hey, did you know that Jesus loves you and he died for you? Yeah. You just shared the gospel with them.
0: Well, as we finish out tonight, um, I'm going to have Luke closes out in prayer here in just a minute. Um, but definitely, you know, if you, if, you know, if you feel that, you know, if you're liking the podcast, definitely share it, you know, tell somebody about it. You know, we would love to, you know, hear your input. You know, I'm on Facebook, Thomas Branham and Luke troll. You can definitely message us. We'd love to hear it. Good, bad, indifferent, ugly, whatever. We just, we'd love to hear it, but, um. You know, we're almost. I mean, we're not. We don't have a massive audience, but we're almost at a hundred plays total. So that's 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 big achievement. So maybe one day, you know, now's a hundred. You never know. It could go to a million. Who knows? But that's not the point of what we're doing. We're not doing it for listens. Well, we are doing it for listens. Um, but um, I do uh, I do think that you know. The more people that hear it and hear God's word, that's that's what matters. It doesn't matter about listens for popularity.
1: It's prospering the gospel. It, it's yeah. not collecting a paycheck yeah. on
0: it. And I'm sorry, I stuttered there. I heard a sound, and somebody's in another room vacuuming. <laughs> vacuuming, so it scared me. I thought the alarm was going off. Um, but so you know, go to go to Spotify, go to Anchor, click the follow button. That way, it notifies you when we put a new episode out. But guys, we just we appreciate it. Uh, I know we're moving slow through Romans. But uh, it's going to pick up. We are, um, we got some big news coming up. I know that we've got, you know, some things we're working on, but we're just absolutely excited. It's a busy time in life. Um, I will give a shout out. I do have my middle daughter graduating on Tuesday, so Congrats. it's Thursday now, so four or five days from now, so awesome time there. So we got that, and the school's getting out, so it's it's summertime, man, and it's, a, right. it's a busy time of life, but... Um, but, Luke, if you'll close us in prayer, we will end this thing. And, guys, we just appreciate y'all listening. And if y'all need anything at all, reach out to us. We'd love to uh, help out.
1: I've got one more shout-out that uh, I want to give. Brad Nellie Littleton, congratulations on that baby, man. They got, the, they got that brand-new grandbaby. Yeah, they did post uh, it
0: so we can talk yeah, about it. Yeah, her
1: name is Glory, and she is absolutely beautiful. And bless that baby's heart, she looks like a Littleton. Uh, (laughs) I mean, no, she's absolutely adorable. And that's all joking aside. You know, those are those are God's miracles.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: anybody who doesn't believe in creation and that God knew us when we were yet in our mother's womb has never beheld the sight of a baby. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just that's purity and its best human form. They never, you know, humans never get any better than that. This side of glory other than when they were born. And the name Glory is just, it's a beautiful, amazing, wonderful name. Um, I've only met his son one time, and he's an upstanding, great dude, uh, spectacular man of God. Um, You know, if if I, I would think that that would be all that you would need and hope for to be a father is to have something like that in your life. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today, Father. I just thank you for this day. I thank you for this podcast and this time that we've had together. Father, I thank you for the words that were shared. I thank you for the written word that we have here to be the rule and guide to our faith, Father. And I thank you for the discernment of it all. Father God, I just pray that if there's someone here under the sound of our voice that hears this, Father, that doesn't know you, that something be said by us or someone else that they encounter, Father, that just opens their heart up to you and illuminates you to their lives. Father, just keep God and direct us until we come back. All these things I ask in your son's holy name. Amen.
0: Guys, you have a great week. God bless.